Real Money Show, you know the number, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Reminder, if you're investing into a registered account, RSP, RESP, Lyft, Lira, all that stuff, uh, for every $5,000 U.S. invested, you'll get a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. Want to go to the website and uh, call the guys for more details on that. Jerry and Jeremy are here today. Guys, we have a busy show, very busy show. We've got a guest coming up, an interview, and uh, some new things you want to talk about as well. Yeah, we've got some great things happening. Of course, uh, Jeff Berwick is coming up a little later, the Dollar Vigilant and Jerry's going to be interviewing him. And I think uh, if the last time he was here was any indication, this is going to be an explosive interview. Mm -hmm. As well, next week, we've got the Aiden sisters. We've had the Aiden sisters on before. They have a great newsletter. I definitely recommend anyone interested in Getting an edge on the market should should pay attention to what they're doing. And they're going to be on the show next week. Darren's going to be interviewing them. And I think that's also going to be spectacular. This week, we've got a lot of stuff happening at Guildhall. Uh, the first is, um, have you ever heard of Bullion DNA, John? No, I have not. So this is a, a really interesting concept that uh, the Royal Canadian Mint has been on the edge of developing. We went to, um, Paul and I went to Chicago last year to look at uh, the launch of this. Mm -hmm. uh, we were invited to that. And basically what it is, is it's an incredible anti-counterfeiting technology. So with regular bullion, you get the serial numbers. Yep. That's how you can help to anti-counterfeit. And then, of course, every year they're improving on the designs. I mean, this year's one-ounce gold bars from the Royal Canadian Mint are even more intricate than they were last year. Wow. And, of course, they have the packaging with the assaying and everything like that. But now they've got bullion DNA. So what that is is when you buy 2016 silver maples or okay. gold maples from the Royal Canadian Mint, they have a little bit of technology in them that essentially is like a serial number that is tracked through this particular machine that you have to be a, a bullion DNA dealer to have. And then this way you can, through the software connected to the Royal Canadian Mint, can tell if it's counterfeited or not. Per coin or per purchase? Per coin. Wow. So, on. yeah, which is great because every so often you're going to have someone who's decided that they want to buy precious metals and they say, well, how do I know that this is, this is real silver, mm -hmm. right? So now you can say, well, I'm going to plug into the plug into Royal Canadian Mint. Going to put the put the your silver coin through the machine, and you can tell you can see that it's been authenticated through the Royal Canadian Mint. So this is really on the forefront of technology. They're going to add more to it as they go along. But Guildhall is a registered uh, bullion DNA dealer. Excellent. Uh, so you can see our logo up on their site, etc. So this is a, a good advancement for Royal Canadian Mint. Great for for bullion buyers as a whole. The other thing that's going on, of course, is the e-store, guildhallpreciousmetals.com. We did launch this uh, back in May, um, making a little tweak here and there as you do to new new websites, but we encourage everyone to, to go there. It's a great opportunity to buy a few coins, buy a few mm -hmm. of the silver maples that are the, the bullion DNA. So it's a great way to get involved in the market, get a few coins in your hand, and be able to, to start to see what this market is all about. Because... At the end of the day, you need to have a little bit in your hand before you can really pay attention. We, we, we call that having some skin in the game. Yep. You know, until you, until you have some sort of even tiny vested interest in this market, you're, it's still going to be an unexplored opportunity. It's only until you finally, it is your backyard that you can really yeah. start to, to dig into this market. And I can tell you, we get articles all the time. Just before we, w we went on air, I got an article from one of our, our clients pointing to um, an interview with 
David Morgan, who we've had on the show, uh, for me to check out. I didn't quite have the time to to check it out, but um, from what I did see, it was also uh, very informative about the uh, effect that the Shanghai Exchange has had. And speaking of that, speaking of effects in the market, you know, the Brexit had a massive effect on precious metals. Definitely pushed the market up. And one of the big concerns now is what you're seeing in, in Britain is that lowering rates, printing more money, they're they're sovereign. They're in control of their own destiny, whether or not you agree with their, their monetary policies for the moment. But now one has to really start to look at where the next the the next penny's gonna drop, the proverbial penny. And everyone has their eye. We've mentioned Deutsche Bank, but everyone is starting to eye the, the Italian banking system. Just to read some of these headlines coming out regarding Italian banks, uh, this is on CNS News. The EU banking system could begin to unravel as Italian banks are on the brink. Here's one from uh, FT.com, the spreading pain of Italy's bank saga. Here's another one from uh, Breitbart, analysts fear looming Italian bank failure. Here's one that's on Zero Hedge. Who's most afraid of contagion from Italy's banking meltdown? And that's essentially saying that if something happens in Italy, the the two major countries that are going to be most affected, right. you're going to read you're going to go you're going to read articles. What we're saying right here is look at these headlines. Go start getting the information. Go start getting informed about what's going on because this could be the next big economic event that can trigger yet another boost up in precious metals but french banks have major exposure to italian banks and so do so do german banks but french banks in particular here's another another headline from from market watch why italy's banks could ignite a eurozone crisis so what you end up with if you're reading doing the research on this is could italy be the next country to exit the eurozone and what are the consequences of that you're going to hear in the interview i think you're going to be talking about potential bank balance, Jerry. And this is this is part of it. We're seeing a lot of articles on the other side of the coin, the 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 uh, traditional media side that are saying there's not going to be any bail-ins and anything like that. But we're going to talk to Jeff about how it's been written into the policy that there could be bail-ins. So when was the last time a poli- you believed everything a politician said? So we have our, our eye on the on the looming Italy crisis and their bank crisis and what that could potentially do for precious metals. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. So and then just before we we talk a little bit more about the e-store, of course we do have the the registered RSP investment and this is where anyone who wants to own physical mm-hmm. real gold and silver within a registered account if you have funds that you have sitting there or they're in stocks that haven't been performing for years it's time to think about something new it's time to get into a market that's already up over 40 percent this year in the silver market we're just at the beginning we've just come off the bottoms in about uh february where we were at the lows or yeah february we were at the lows and this allows Canadians to own physical, allocated, meaning it's allocated to the to the the investor, not to the not to the custodian, and it's held outside the banking system. So this is something that anyone who's a Canadian that wants to hedge against uh, potential down down uh, 
a, a crash in the stock market or even if the market goes down or if the real estate market is might be looking frothy right now, anyone looking for a hedge, anyone looking at a way to maintain wealth and grow wealth should think about physical precious metals. And I would say look at the long-term growth of precious metals. In the last 15 years, silver is up just under 300%. Wow, that means that... Y- Owning physical precious metals, regardless of storage costs, regardless of cost to get in, in and out. Yes, there's costs to do that, but you'd be still looking at over 15% a year. Now, if you talk to your friends, John, friends, family, most people would say they'd be happy with 7 to 9% gains, yep. right? 100%. To get 18% on a, on a 15-year basis, that's saying gold and silver protect against devaluing currencies. You know that the currencies are devaluing because if inflation is anywhere near 5%, every five years, that's a 25% downgrade in the cost of, of, of purchasing power. So holding gold and silver is a great move. You can either go to the e-store, you can do it in, in the registered precious metal fund. And what we also have, just to get people started, is the monthly buyers program. I love this. How does that work? Well, John, it's very simple. It's it's the monthly buyers club, in fact. So we believe in you know saving uh, and paying yourself first, uh, but with real money here at Guildhall. We again, we specialize in real physical gold and silver. So why not pay yourself first every single paycheck? Put ten percent into real gold and silver. So you just send some information over to us, some banking information. We send over an invoice every month, every two months. It's up to you as to what interview and interval you like, and you're buying physical gold and silver every single month. Um, the minimum is $200 to start, but again, as Jeremy mentioned before, it's really about getting your skin in the game. If you're not sure about it, try starting out. Buy a gold or silver combo. Um, try that out, sit on it, look at it, research it for yourself, enjoy it. It is a beautiful asset as you bring it home, and then you're gonna do it every month. And you'll notice the effect it has, number one, on your wealth, on your confidence, how confident you are because you're now diversifying into something that is not linked to a government or central bank. I mean, we talk about various realities here that some sound unsettling, but gold and silver does this for you. And if you want balance, we talk about balance in our, in our, in our, in our health, in, our, in what we eat. But this is balance for true balance for your portfolio. So the monthly buyers club brought to you by Guildhall will do that for you. Buy a combo and start today for sure. Was that what the we phone think? number and website? I'm just gonna do that. Oh, okay. And Sorry, then we, and then we're gonna break, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver. Again, one eight seven seven eight silver online. The website guildhallwealth.com. More of the real money show coming right up. The number one eight seven seven eight silver online. It's guildhallwealth.com. And a reminder as well, if you are using your registered accounts to purchase physical matters through Guildhall, for every $5,000 U.S. invested, you'll get a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. Got to welcome uh, Jeff Berwick to the show here on The Real Money Show. We are thrilled to welcome special guest Jeff Berwick, founder of The Dollar Vigilante, CEO of TDV Media and Service, and host of the popular video podcast, Anarchast, back to the show. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you very much. Just like your good friend Judge Andrew Napolitano says, personally, the the dollar vigilante is one of the few emails personally I read as soon as it hits my inbox. But for the listeners who don't know of your financial newsletter, Jeff, called the TDV for short, can you take some time to explain to us exactly what a dollar vigilante is? 
Sure, it actually came up sort of funnily how it uh, how it arrived on that name. Uh, but I had had an internet company in Canada in the 1990s called Stockhouse.com, and it's still the top financial website in Canada. And it went from out of my house to being $240 million valuation in the year 2000 to being almost worthless in, in a year later. And I wondered why that happened. And I ended up selling the company after I salvaged it. And I tried to sail around the world. And I went to about 100 different countries. And I was just trying to figure out what actually happened during that tech bubble. And the first book I read actually turned out to be The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. And uh, that told me a lot about how central banks work um, and how the whole system works. And it's actually all a big scam, an absolute scam against humanity, central banking. And so I, I read for years and years. And by around 2005, I, I figured I, I knew quite a bit uh, that most people didn't know. And I knew that the uh, housing bubble in the U.S. was going to collapse sometime fairly soon. And this was 2005. And then, of course, 2006, 2007, it began to collapse. And 2008, it was already collapsed. And uh, at that point, I realized I kind of knew how this whole system works. I knew what was going on, and most people didn't. Most people think these things are all just happened by accident, and it was just a coincidence that happened, or that was just rare, or just a, a black swan event that uh, you know just, just happened out of the blue sort of a thing. And so it was around 2009, and I was thinking... I need to start writing about this stuff because hardly anyone knows about how this whole system works. They definitely don't talk about it on CNBC or CNN, and they definitely don't teach you how the money system works in the government indoctrination camps called public school uh, that they send you to for 12 years. And so I, I decided around that time that I wanted to start a website and I wanted to start uh, writing about these sort of things. And uh, I actually spent about six months trying to decide on a name, and I kept thinking I, I, I'm really into picking just the right name, uh, and, uh, and sometimes it doesn't come right away. And so for months and months I was thinking about it, and then I heard I was walking by, I forget what it was, like a TV or a radio or maybe even a computer just streaming something, and they were talking about bond vigilantes. And for people who might remember back in the 70s, uh, we were actually in a bit, quite a similar time to we are in today. Uh, it was beginning uh, major inflation. Uh, the economy was falling apart. Uh, and then what happened was there was people called bond vigilantes at that time, including people back then like George Soros, who actually is known as breaking the Bank of England. And what they did is when central banks started to print too much money or if they kept interest rates too low for too long or if governments got into too much debt, they would short the bonds to actually force them to have to do something to stop and uh, they were known as uh, bond vigilantes, and actually it eventually ended in 1980, and because a lot of it was because of the bond vigilantes. So I was walking by, I heard the term bond vigilante, and I said to myself in my head, I said, man, we, we can't even have bond vigilantes anymore because the central banks just print up as much money as they want. So if the U.S. government keeps going into massive amounts of debt, which it does, it's going into more than a trillion dollars of debt per year right now. It's over $19 trillion, and that's doubled since 2008, uh, which should really say something to people. It's actually gone up doubled uh, in, in just a short period of time. So we're nearing the end stages of this. And so I said to myself, well, you can't even sell bonds anymore. The central banks will buy them. And then I said to myself, we need dollar vigilantes. We need people who sell the dollar. Uh, to, to end this, this craziness. And that's where the name came from. And I started in 2010, and it's been growing ever since. Always been interested in asking you. Thanks for answering that, Jeff. Uh, just knowing that where the name came from, very unique and uh, very marketable, I must say. Um, now, because of this journey that you've been on, it has caught many uh, caught the attention of many, including myself and many of our listeners. This remarkable journey of bringing to light the failing policies of you name it, fractional reserve banking, the fading U.S. dollar hegemony, um, all of these things, um, and plus 
Um, you've been trumpeting the importance of many things like internationalizing your wealth, privatizing your wealth through the acquisition of real assets, land, and especially physical gold. Um, and it seems like things are really accelerating to, towards a climax, wouldn't you say? Why is it so important today for our listeners, especially those who've been on the fence, to own physical gold today? Why is it so important, Jeff? Well, I think it's because we're heading towards the end stages of, of this entire financial and monetary system. And it's really hard for a lot of people to get their head around because they don't really understand how most of this stuff works. In fact, when I started the dollar vigilante in 2010, most people didn't even know about what the Federal Reserve was. If you had, Even today, uh, some Americans are starting to wake up finally. And I'm not just talking about the U.S. This is in almost every country, but uh, we'll just talk about the U.S. specifically here, that uh, some people actually know the word Federal Reserve now. That's a big change over the last 10 years. Before that, hardly anyone even talked about it, even though it's written on every Federal Reserve note, which is called a U.S. dollar, but it says Federal Reserve note right on it. On the backside is a uh, pyramid with an all-seeing eye, but no one seems to notice that either. Uh, but no one seems to notice, uh, and no one seems to ask or care, where, where does money come from? And they don't want you to know. They don't teach you that on purpose. And it was actually Ford, the creator of the automobile in the 20th century, who said, early 20th century, who said that if people understood how the money system worked, there'd be a revolution tomorrow. And he's right. If people actually understood exactly how this works, they would be furious because it actually impoverishes everybody and only uh, makes rich the incredibly, incredibly elite. We're talking not 1%. We're talking the point zero 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 one percent uh, and they get all the money. The system is actually set up that way. It's actually a scam. It's an absolute scam. You can watch a video on YouTube called, I think, The End of the American Dream or The American Dream. Uh, and it's just type in American Dream Federal Reserve and you'll find it. And it explains how the system works. It takes a while to explain it all. But essentially, it just constantly is robbing from the economy and just giving to the very, very, very few. Uh, and most people don't see it. And so, you asked the question, why should people be uh, buying gold and things like that right now? Well, you have to look back and understand a little bit of history. The Federal Reserve was founded in 1913, actually on Christmas Eve. It was run, ran through Congress, and I believe it was Wilson who was president at the time, and he said afterwards that uh, he feels terrible. He essentially sold the country uh, to the private bankers, and that's exactly what happened. And In fact, it's very interesting, that exact same year they put in an income tax. There was no income tax in the U.S. before that. There was still roads. There was still a militia. There was still everything, uh, but there was no income tax. You don't need these things. This all is a scam. Even government itself is a scam on people. Uh, so people need to realize that. So what's happened since 1913 is they brought in this new system, which is essentially a scam. In fact, central banking is a tenet of communism. It has nothing to do with capitalism. Capitalism does not have central banks, does not have taxes, does not have regulations. That's all statism and communism, and that's what the U.S. is today. And so it started to fall apart by 1929. So they decided to destroy the entire economy. They printed up a lot of money. They do this all the time. They did it just as recently as 2001 and 2008. And they're going to do it again soon. They actually have been doing it again soon. The collapse is soon to come. But they did it in uh, 1929. They printed up the money supply. And then they uh, withdrew a lot of the money supply all at once to crash the stock market. And then they bought up most of the stock market. Uh, so that happened in 1929. By 1933, things were so bad that uh, the U.S. government confiscated gold in the land of the free uh, for 40 years. Uh, no Americans were legally allowed to own gold during that period of time in the land of the free. And then by 1971, it uh, again became so absolutely brutally bad 
that they ha- uh, had to take away the gold, any vestige of the gold backing away from the dollar. It was actually on August 15, 1971. Richard Nixon went on the television programming and told everyone, because of money speculators, we're going to have to temporarily remove the gold backing away from the dollar. Uh, we're still waiting. It's over 40 years now. And uh, they did that because the U.S. government was bankrupt after the war in Vietnam and all the other the, the uh, all the social programs brought in by LBJ and all these sort of things. Um, they they bankrupted the government, so the the U.S. government couldn't pay back any money in dollars any in gold anymore. So they had to stop doing that. So that was the second end stage of this collapse, and it it barely made it through the 1980s, and then it's made it through so far to this point. It started to collapse in 2001. Uh, it had a, the biggest collapse of all time in 2008, and then the next biggest one is coming soon. And I think it could come even this year, and uh, it will. It could be the very end of this financial system. Every government's bankrupt. Every central bank is just printing money just to keep the system alive. This thing's over. And so, if you don't get your assets outside of this system as soon as possible, you could lose everything. I think we all needed that uh, that refreshing history lesson to bring to light the importance of gold. Um, especially right now, what, I'm, what we're seeing and and some of the clients that we talk to, there's there's a euphoria. We see it on the stock markets and even in real estate. We love balance, and here at Guild Hall, we appreciate balance. And uh, real estate has done very well. And we'll take a short break. In the meantime, you want to get a hold of Guild Hall? Very simple: one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. Real Money Show continues on Talk Radio AM six forty. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online. It is guildhallwealth.com. We continue with our interview here this afternoon with Jeff Berwick on The Real Money Show. And now, Jeff, many know or many may not know that you're Canadian, right? I was born in Canada, yeah. Yeah, uh, originally from Vancouver. Now, there is a mantra there where, where I read that it's there's the mantra called or titled the fear of missing out slogan in the city's real estate market, which has helped push prices to astounding increases year over year with detached homes... Uh, home prices up some 38%. The CMHC here in Canada recently just raised Vancouver's risk rating to high, while the province instituted last month a 15% transfer tax on home purchases involving foreign investors, which seems to have made an immediate impact as overall sales actually plunged to to lows, uh, down about 27% from a record in June, from the record set in June. Uh, do you think that could this... This uh, this tax could be potentially that that a pin in this market, and should market participants in real estate now be hedging with gold? Well, uh, when you look at Vancouver, that's just a, one small city in the entire world. And when you look at real estate, you have to take in all kinds of factors. And I'm actually from that area, and I know very well. I actually uh, spent time from 1991 to 2003 in Vancouver, and I saw the entire city change during that time. By the time I left, there was more Asians than Caucasians in Vancouver. It's actually become sort of just the Asian place to go, uh, way more than San Francisco or anywhere else uh, in North America for Asians. And so if you just look at one real estate market, it's really hard to say how it's going to work out. However, it's obviously reaching extreme peaks right now. But the thing is that the entire real estate market in most of the Western economies has again turned into a bit of a bubble now. And this is exactly what happened in 2006, right before it collapsed again. And it's all caused by central bank money printing. So what happened after the tech bubble collapsed in 2001 is Paul Krugman, the Nobel Peace Prize winner in economics, who writes for the New York Times, 
said that they and he's had some of the most ludicrous uh, statements ever, including uh, he thinks maybe to get out of this debt, we should print a one trillion dollar coin. He also suggested perhaps faking an alien invasion to boost the economy like this man's uh, literally insane. And uh, but after 2001, and after that collapse, he wrote in The New York Times that what we need now is a housing bubble, because to him, it's all about building up bubbles, <laughs> and actually bubbles destroy the economy over time. Uh, but he's Keynesian and sort of communist and socialist, and he's crazy, basically. Uh, so he called for it, and that's exactly what happened. He's fairly tied in with the, the central banks and the elites, and he's sort of their mouthpiece, in my opinion. So he was kind of telling people, that's what we're going to do next. We're going to blow up a house bubble. And that's what happened. And it all fell apart in 2008 because it was all built on printing tons of money, which they did during that period of time, the Federal Reserve. And they also allowed the banks to just uh, do any sort of mortgage. They're giving mortgages to dead people. If anyone saw the movie The Big Short, you know all about it. Uh, it was absolutely insane. And I saw all that uh, beforehand, and I knew it was coming, uh, but uh, most people didn't. But the in- interesting thing is since 2008 collapsed, all they've done is started all over again. They started. They printed way more money this time. Like As I mentioned, the U.S. government has doubled its amount of debt since 2008. Uh, the Federal Reserve has been in 0% interest rates now for eight years. That is absolutely unheard of in human history uh it's uh, and even in the in europe they've gone into negative interest rates which is crazy by any definition that you would lend someone money and pay them for doing so on the hope that in 20 or 50 years like in switzerland where they have a 50-year negative interest rate bond that you'll maybe get some of the money back it's absolute insanity but we're at nearing the end stage of the system so the money is just running all over the place just trying to find out where it can where it can survive so uh, it's actually built up these housing bubbles again. You see it in New York and London, all over the place. And yet again, it's, it's unbelievable to watch it in real time. People are like, oh, yeah, this time it's going to last. This time it's a sure thing. Exact same thing they were saying in 2006. It's amazing how short people's memory, memory is. I don't know how much fluoride they're putting in the water now, but people just seem to have no memory whatsoever. Uh, this is all going to collapse again. I don't know about Vancouver in particular. That's one small market, but I wouldn't, would not doubt whatsoever that Vancouver is going to implode. The entire Canadian market's going to implode. The entire U.S. real estate market's going to implode. Uh, the entire uh, U.K. market's going to implode. The entire European market, actually a lot of it already has imploded in places like Spain and Italy. Uh, so, you know, I would get out of as many of those things as possible. The one thing I like about real estate, though, is it is a hard asset. So, Jenny Yellen can't counterfeit, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, all the houses in the world or anything like that. The only thing she can counterfeit is money. Uh, so even if this whole thing just all just blows up and everything's destroyed at the end, you'll still have a house unless it gets some, you know, unless we go into nuclear war here with Putin, which looks like what they're headed towards. Uh, so it's definitely interesting times and crazy times. I would recommend if people really do like real estate to look into other markets which haven't been blown up uh, because of central bank money printing and because of low uh, interest and, and easy uh, banking lending. A place like Mexico, for example, you can get amazing deals in Acapulco. You wouldn't even believe what you can get. Uh, and all over Mexico, and I've been in a place like Cambodia, you can get, un- you can get am- amazing deals in, in countries like that. I would suggest Nicaragua, Chile, has already grown a lot, so it's getting quite expensive now. I would suggest Colombia, uh, but I would not suggest doing it in places like the U.S., Canada, or Europe. So for the speculator looking for, for properties, definitely in South America, Central America, but what, what, not in Canada anymore. It's pretty much peaked here in Canada and North America is what you're saying, Jeff. Yeah, uh, the Canadian market is uh, absolutely brutal. I, I've been watching it. It's going to absolutely implode if people don't know that. Uh, the, the banks are, are so highly leveraged. Uh, there's the 
the amount that has gone up uh, so far in the last few years is just unsustainable, absolutely unsustainable. You brought up the Vancouver market. That's, mm-hmm. When I see that, I can't believe it. Uh, it's not going to sustain. And when this all starts to collapse, and it will, uh, it's going to be worse than 2008. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, the only thing I would maybe say is if you really just don't want to, if you want to stay in Canada and, and buy something, I would say uh, look at farmland at the very least. Uh, I wouldn't be looking at condos and, and houses in major cities like Vancouver or Toronto or, or um or Montreal or any place like that. Appreciate the insight, Jeff. And we also often talk about how uh, unprecedented the current interconnectedness of the global economy is. Uh, one thing affects the other, as we saw in 2008 with the with the housing crisis. And even now, how different it will be when, uh, not if, we have the next financial crisis. Now, besides the real estate, some say bubble that we have here domestically, there are a slew of other potential threats to bringing down this global house of cards, whether it's Deutsche Bank going down in Germany, uh, Monte de Pasci in Italy, a default potentially in China, an unpre- unexpected U.S. rate rise, or an escalation as we're seeing right now in the South China Sea. Tensions, uh, a lot of tensions, just to name a few. How does owning physical gold and silver, a bullion, defer risk? or dare I say certainty of global con- a global contagion from one of these events? Well, if you just look at what's been going on for the last few years, you look at Cyprus, it was 2013, they did their bank bail-in, uh, where they actually, the uh, banks got into so much trouble and were so uh, indebted that they uh, closed the banks over the weekend, and then when they reopened them, they had taken half of everyone's money out of the bank. Uh, this, these bail-in clauses have been written into all over Europe, but the European Union has written in these bail-in clauses. It's been written into the bail-in clauses in Canada a few times now. Uh, it's been written in in general in the U.S., it's been written in Australia. Uh, so the next time there is a major banking collapse, and there will be, they're already starting to collapse. You brought up Deutsche Bank. That's one of the biggest ones. That's really the, uh, could be the real sort of one that sets it off. Uh, they, are, they are just absolutely decimated right now. Their, their profits this year were down 99%. Uh, they're closing up their, their, everything they're doing as fast as possible, and they're still just going down and down and down because they've got so many uh, bad investments. And so uh, that's way bigger than the Cypress Bank, and they look at Greece. They did similar things in Greece. They shut down the banks there for months. Uh, so uh, this is going to happen all over the place. These are not uh, Cyprus is is not a lot worse off than the U.S. or Greece is not a lot worse off than the U.S. And when I mention how bad the U.S. is and how it might uh, relate to Canadians is. Uh, 90% of trade in Canada is with the U.S., and the U.S. is going to have massive problems. So when they do, it's going to more than affect Canada. It's going to massively affect Canada. And uh, the Canadian banks are just as bad as almost any bank. They're absolutely over-leveraged. Uh, they're, they're actually archaic. I, I still have bank accounts in Canada, and I can't wait to close them all because... I can't believe they're on like 1980s technology because they all have this, it's all this corporate capital or a corporatism, all this fascism in Canada. They only allow essentially six real banks in Canada. And so they have a monopoly, which is supposed to be the reason that we want government is to get rid of monopolies, but the government gives them a monopoly. And so they've never changed. I, I can't believe how archaic it is. The Canadian banking system is a embarrassment to banking. You go to any place, almost any place. I'm talking Poland. I'm talking 
Chile, uh, Mexico, anywhere. It's better than the Canadian banking system and how the, how the, this all set up and how their systems work and everything. Uh, so I would definitely say just get your stuff outside of the systems and get into hard assets. And, and of course, gold and silver have been some of the best assets to hold during times of crisis. And does gold proxy like an ETF or gold certificate suffice? Uh, I would say no. If, if things work out the way that I expect, it will not. What we saw in 2008, I owned a number of ETFs at the time. And I remember during 2008, there was a few weeks where I could not uh, buy or sell. I definitely couldn't sell. I was holding some ETFs at the time, and I couldn't sell. And the reason was because they didn't know which banks were bankrupt. And these ETFs are actually all backed by banks. And so what's going to happen is as this thing starts to collapse and, and then it really gets bad, uh, a lot of the ETFs are just going to stop trading. They're going to say, well, we don't know if Deutsche Bank's even still alive. They're the ones backing this ETF. And so uh, I would say if you, if you want to buy gold and you want to do it because you're worried about a potential financial crisis, uh, to not uh, be just buying gold ETFs. You could buy some. For, for example, if you've got some retirement funds that you can't take out to buy precious, uh, like physical metal, perhaps buy some ETFs and things like that, and maybe they'll survive. I don't know. Uh, but uh, definitely, uh, you should be definitely trying to own uh, physical metal. And now, not necessarily just in uh, the country where you're from. So if you're Canadian, don't keep all of your metal in Canada. As we saw in the U.S., they confiscated gold in 1933. As governments start to collapse, they always try to take as much as they can from their tax slaves to stay alive, and they would do that again. Mm -hmm. And so I would internationalize my precious metals. And one, there's so many great ways to do it. There's a site called goldmoney.com. Uh, there's another one called Bitgold. I think you can go to dollarvigilante.com slash bitgold and you'll get like a, a, a bonus if you sign up there. And they actually have vaults all over the world. So you could say, okay, I want to put $10,000 of gold in uh, Singapore. I want to put 10000 in Dubai. I want to put 10000 in London. Uh, and they even have New York. I wouldn't put it in New York, by the way. And, uh, but I wouldn't, if I was Canadian, I would, they actually have a Toronto vault. I wouldn't put it in the Toronto vault because that's too much risk. You have political risk at the same time as you have all the other risks. Uh, so the reason to internationalize it is just to uh, get away from some of the political risk, because as I pointed out, these governments will try to take everything as they go down. Uh, they're not going to go down quietly, and they are going to go down. Uh, they're all bankrupt. Uh, the entire system is bankrupt. The entire monetary system is at its last, uh, on its last legs of fiat currency, fractional reserve banking. Uh, they've, they've squeezed every drop out of this lemon, and it's about to go away. Uh, so I would uh, 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 suggest to people to get outside of that system, get into physical assets, even look at some of the digital assets like uh, Bitcoin. Uh, but I, I wouldn't suggest for anyone who doesn't know much about it not to put more than a few percent of their portfolio into it until they at least understand that it is quite volatile. Uh, but I think those are also good investments. Right. Thank you so much. And uh, a hot topic, why I brought up the certificates is because we know that there's so many ways of potentially getting involved in gold and silver. What we do here at Guildhall, I'm not sure if you know, but we offer um, uh, secured allocated storage of precious metals outside of the banking system, but it shows up in the RSP. For those Canadians who have been funneled into that way of thinking of needing RSPs, um, I myself don't, but uh, for those who have RSPs, they can now diversify within, put some physical gold and silver in that RSP, but it's held outside, allocated to the owner, allocated to the customer, but it's again held outside of the banking system, just in case, as you brought up earlier, the, uh, the, the bail-in clause. Um, we, have, we do have uh, a lot of customers that are worried about this clause and have done something about it. So thank you for bringing that up.
Uh, now oh, that's to- really interesting yeah. because uh, I advise a lot of people in the U.S. to get into self-directed IRAs uh, because once you get into a self-directed IRA, you can invest in almost anything, including physical me- metals. Uh, and you can actually, if you're interested in that, just go to tdvoffshore.com and you can uh, click on self-directed IRAs and we can help you to get into a self-directed IRA. But I get a lot of Canadians who ask me and they say, uh, what do I do with our RSBs? And I didn't know there was an option like that. So could you let me know just so I know what the uh, URL is to go to find out more information? on that guildhallrsp.ca or you can just go to guildhallwealth.com perfect and i'll send that over to you as well great thank you so much and now to close this question is twofold jeff the last time you were on the show we discussed how economists analysts and even religious heads hold a view that these market events that we're seeing all all occurring all at once like the lining of the stars is due to the seven-year cycle or shemitah market cycle your blog extensively writes that this ancient seven-year Levitical cycle is still relative today. It's relevant. And that. And as Bo Polney wrote in your July 28th post, that we're about to see an historic stock market collapse and predicts the major rise in precious metals, silver to potentially quadruple if gold doubles. Now, we hate to sound alarmist here, Jeff, but number one, what are your personal thoughts on the Shemitah today? in the Jubilee end cycle. And number two, what would you say to that listener who is right now on the fence about acquiring physical bullion? Well, uh, it actually would take a long time to explain everything about the Shemitah and the Jubilee, but just so people kind of get the basic snapshot of it, it's a seven years uh, cycle that was actually written about in the Bible, uh, and uh, many people have been starting to track it, and it actually uh, adheres to exact uh, market days of market crashes. Actually, on the exact end day of the Shemitah in 2001, which was September 17th, uh, which was the first day the New York Stock Exchange opened after 9-11, uh, was the biggest crash in history to that time. That was the very end day of the Shemitah that year. The very end day of the Shemitah in 2008 was September 29th, I believe, and that was the biggest crash in history to that time, and the market, the Dow, actually fell 777 points, and the number seven is just all over the Shemitah sort of stuff. And uh, then uh, last year, uh, we had the Shemitah, and actually in the third quarter of last year was the end of the Shemitah, and it was the worst quarter in uh, worldwide stock markets since 2008, since the last Shemitah. And it was actually the Dow was down more than 1,000 points intraday for its biggest intraday drop just two weeks before the end of the Shemitah last year. And the only thing different this year is every 49 years or every seven Shemitahs is something called the Jubilee. And according to many people, it's a bit of an extension or even a a super Shemitah during this year. And we're actually in this year now. And actually, the year started off absolutely terribly, the worst uh, first month in stock markets worldwide uh, since um, er ever. And uh, then uh, right after Brexit happened, the next very next day, which was actually seven years, seven months, seven days, and seven weeks after the last Shemitah crash on that exact day was the biggest stock market crash worldwide again in June after the Brexit when everything was uh, crashing and collapsing at that time. Uh, It actually ends on October 2nd of this year, so I'm actually expecting this is going to be the worst period if all these things are correct. I'm not not saying I know exactly how all this works. I'm just saying all the data and all the information seems to lead to the point that we're going to be in for a wild and crazy August, September, and October of this year. So I would suggest people get prepared. And how can our listeners get in touch with you if they need your resources, Jeff? Uh, the best way, just go to dollarvigilante.com. Uh, we, if you just put your email there on the front page, you'll get on our email list. I send out an article almost every day. We're just completely focused on this right now because I think we're really getting into real dire, dire circumstances right now for the economy and financial, financial markets. 
Uh, as well, we're on YouTube. I put out a video almost every day on YouTube. Uh, just look up the Dollar Vigilante on YouTube and you'll find it. And we also have a newsletter here, Jeff. Um, we have a weekly newsletter, the Precious Metals Advisor, and we'll be sure to put you on that as well, Jeff. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you once again, Jeff, for sharing your time and insights. We look forward to having you back soon. It's my pleasure. Thank you. The number one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Got to thank Jeff Berwick for uh, stopping by for the comments on the show this afternoon your more details go to the website and as always if you're investing in precious metals through a registered account like an RESP RRSP Lift Lira for every $5,000 invested in the precious metals through Guildhall you'll get a gram of gold absolutely free some conditions apply use the website for more details on that we'll take a short break and lots more of the Real Money Show coming right up Talk Radio AM640 one eight seven seven eight silver is the number, guildhallwealth.com. Or for the purpose of the next uh, 10 minutes or so, you can check out guildhalldiamonds.com. Guys, we all love this segment of the show, and that is where we talk about natural, fancy-colored diamonds. You know the saying, you don't know what you have until it's gone? Mm-hmm. That's some bad news for us? No. Okay, no. just checking. <laughs> <laughs> but that's colored diamonds. Yeah. That That's how collectors are born, because you have something, you enjoy it, you appreciate it, and once you sell it, that opportunity is gone forever. You cannot reown that diamond. I mean, there's one example, which is Lawrence Graff once sold a diamond, and then I think two or three years later bought it back at a ridiculously higher price. But that's what it took to rebuy back a, a diamond. Right. And we've had that experience at Guildhall many times. So we... The longer one holds the diamond, the more they can see how much it's appreciating and the more they can see the rarity. Because even if you're a follower of the site, how many times do you see a diamond that's exactly like the one you hold? Now, it's true. Guildhall does have a lot of IF diamonds. In fact, Paul was speaking with one of our partners in New York that was saying that recently there was something like 300 yellows on on the Rappaport sheet or something like that. And there was only two IFs. And if you go to the Natural Fancy Color Diamond Association, or sorry, the Fancy Color Diamond Research Foundation, mm-hmm. they they understand rarity and they've ex- defined the different types of rarity, which is so important in this market. Because if you're going to buy a diamond and you want to make money on a diamond, you have to make sure it's rare. This is this is you don't buy a print of the Mona Lisa, you buy the Mona Lisa. And in colored diamonds, rarity is the key. And the Fancy Colored Diamond Research has done the research to tell you exactly how rare is rare. Is it common? Is it moderately rare? Is it very rare? Is it extremely rare? Is it a one of a kind? Is it a superstone? Right? Now, even a lot of the, if you've been listening to the show and we talk about all these uh, auctions that go on, a lot of those auctions are, are actually one of a kind. They wouldn't be considered a superstone. Now, a few a few weeks ago or a month and a half ago, we talked about that Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer blue. Oppenheimer blue, yeah. That's a superstone. Okay, that's different. So if you think it should be in a museum and not even on someone's finger or enjoyed in, in at the Met Gala, it's a superstone. But even half a million to 20 million would be a one-of-a-kind. And we have certainly have lots of one-of-a-kind diamonds that we've had over the years. Mm-hmm. We only seek out the really, really high-quality and so once it's gone, that opportunity to continue to make money on it is also gone. And so it's so important to hold on to these diamonds for the long term. Now, that said, not every diamond has to be held for a lifetime or passed down for, for it to, to 
for anything to happen. Even a one carat fancy yellow, we've seen increases as much as as 6% a year. But right now, let's talk about the pink diamonds. Let's talk about some incredible returns that we're seeing in the pink diamond market. Right now, Guildhall has four or five half carat intense VS quality or better pinks up on the site. And we've held those diamonds for a little while and we've actually just had some of them reappraised. Here's just an example. This is an Argyle diamond, a 0.53 fancy intense pink VS2 emerald. Last year it was appraised at 250,000. This year it's appraised at 333,000. This is a diamond that, no, you don't have to hold on to this for 20 years. We talked a few weeks back about a couple that bought a very impressive pink diamond, held on to it for 10 years, and it went from under a million to, to 10 million at auction. Pink diamonds are incredibly rare. So if you're going to go for a yellow, as an example, you have to find a yellow that's just as rare as a pink like this. And to find something like that, you're probably going to be looking into the into the two carat plus range, vivid IF. So what we do at Guildhall is we're only looking for actually investment grade diamonds, right. diamonds that are so rare that they're going to go up in value. Now, this diamond in particular, OK, so it's appraised at three hundred and thirty three thousand. And, you know, last year uh, one could have purchased it. For one hundred and eighty-three thousand, and today it's going to be two hundred and thirty-three thousand. Think about having something like that in a market where rarity is key. They're not making any more diamonds; they only come out with a handful of diamonds like this a year. So you can see why the prices continue to go up. It's not because there's demand; it's because there's a constant lack of supply. Right. So at Guildhall, again, this is all about creating wealth by buying rarity and not just assumed rarity. We see a lot of people selling, a lot of companies selling half-carat yellows. That, that unfortunately is not rare. That's not an investment-grade diamond. For us, a yellow diamond that would be investment-grade has to be internally flawless, number one, and it has to be over one carat. And, if, it, and if, if we can get into specific types of shapes that are different, that's going to help the cause as well. So every diamond we've ever we've ever had in our collection, we've seen increases on those diamonds. We've never seen the diamonds go down in value. And so we are very happy to continue to to acquire these diamonds for ourselves and for our customers. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com. So uh, how about this, Jeremy? Not everybody can afford like a LeBron James $230,000, $500,000 diamond. Where do I go? Yeah, and, and even if LeBron James were to buy this diamond, there's not much he can do with it. It's a half carat. You can build that up. Right. And we Actually, if you go to our Instagram, you can see what we did with a quarter carat green in a, in a, in a piece, mm-hmm. and it's stunning. But you're right. Not everyone is is uh, lucky enough to have that sort of uh, funds available to purchase a diamond. Although you can see the returns on that. But where we see a lot of where where we find it very difficult to maintain inventory is in a diamond like this one, where you can go to the site and look at a 0.32 intense pink VS2, which is a very slight inclusion. Okay, for thirty two thousand Canadian. Now a diamond like that. We feel that it's comfortable to assume you're going to get over 15% valuation increases year over year. Could be higher. As you know, we've talked about again on the show about the Argyle mine closing and that there is already a limited supply of pinks. And so to buy a pink with a very high clarity 
which a majority of pinks are not high clarity at all. Yeah. At all. Even at the even at the Argyle Tender, most of them are SIs. It's not the way they come. Most right? of them are eyes, yeah. and and the ones that they promote, you see the pictures of them, and you can see all sorts of inclusions in them, and it, it really is just part of the game. The it's all about the color. Whereas for Guildhall, it's not just about the color. It's got to be about the clarity because we want that rarity. And so this type of diamond brings that to the table. Rarity, great color, great clarity. Uh, it's just overall, this is something that anyone would snap up. So these type of diamonds, we have a tough time keeping in, in stock in, in the market. They're great entry level for the investor. And you can get those, and you, you call wealth to wear. You can put those into some, you know, fantastic looking jewelry as well yeah this is something that's becoming more and more popular not just for color diamonds but also because we have a great custom jeweler he's uh incredible we've had we've done uh recently we did a, a two carat escher cut white diamond put into a jewelry that was just stunning because he just uses the 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 best quality diamonds yeah. he creates stunning pieces where what happens is is the 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 client will bring their their own designs, their own inspiration. He will bring some ideas to the table about how it might could be improved, if at all. And then we set about producing it, and uh, the results are stunning every single time. In fact, what we do notice is it's a little bit like ordering margaritas at a, or a pina colada at a bar. <laughs> Someone orders one, and everyone's ordering them. Right now, what is really big is the double halo on uh, on the rings. And uh, again, you can see those on our Instagram if you want to see the some videos of, of some of the pieces that we've created. So a lot of people will elect to do that. In fact, one of the things that we see a lot of people doing is they buy an intense or a fancy yellow IF that they'll put into jewelry, and then they'll buy something like this 0.32 to just put away. Right. So you get a bit of both. One, you get a collection. Two, you get something that you're really just, you're sitting on. And then three, you get something that you can really enjoy. And as someone who is around colored diamonds all the time and around people who own colored diamonds and jewelry, I can tell you they get the most attention. But if you wanna just, if you're in the market for a white diamond and wanna have a piece made, definitely contact Guildhall. We are a wholesaler, so we can get very good pricing on both where you can have a very high-end jewelry type of, of ring, but you can do it at much less the cost. And it's nice to uh, do the combination, possibly uh, get a slightly smaller stone and match it up with some silver and, and gold as well, right, for the depository. Absolutely. It's a great balance to any portfolio. We highly recommend um, getting started um, either in uh, Color Diamond today or get into silver. The silver market is very appealing. We notice that the prices are up about 40% year on the year. Um, and we do offer the Guildhall Depository. It is, uh, it is bullion that is kept in your name. You're receiving your title. You're receiving your bar numbers, which is key. Uh, this is showing you that the bullion is not on anyone's balance sheets at a, at a bank, on our balance sheets. This is your product. Come check it out anytime. Personally audit yourself or take it home with you. We don't recommend taking over 500 ounces of silver home, but it's yours. It is. You can do with it whatever you like. That'll wrap it for another week, guys. Got to thank Jeff Berwick for stopping by. His comments, his clarity on the show. Uh, Aiden Sisters next week, so make sure you tune in for that. In the meantime, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. This has been The Real Money Show. 
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.